Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome back, couch potatoes and TV junkies. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picked Up. I'm sitting here with your familiar, wonderful host, Richard Camalucci. And I, you may or may not remember, am Robert Colberti. And I am back here saying hello as a guest host. Dude, I love how that had kind of like a Stan Lee quality to it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, welcome back, Excelsior. Welcome back, legend. He always had weird names, yeah. weird stuff to call people. Heroes, Marvel, miscreants. No, it was never negative, though. <laughs> never negative. Uh, how the hell are you doing, man? How you been? Thanks I'm, for uh, thanks for for popping back in here, man. It is my pleasure to be back. Thank you, Rich. <laughs> I'm doing good, buddy. Uh, here we are sitting sitting in this the old studio again. That's right. I don't know if you're uh, aware of something that we've done, picked up, and, and by proxy mostly, uh, arcade audio. We have a Patreon now. That is wonderful. Yeah. Yes, I did hear a little bit about that. Yeah. So uh, you know, just something to get out of the way up at the top, you know, so we don't bug you on later on down the road. But uh, yeah, you know, it's really cool. Um, what uh, what kind of exclusive uh, content and things? Uh, or- so. Or is there much, or is it just a great way to support the well, show? It is a great way to support the show, yes. uh, no matter what. I mean, even a dollar a month, like, you don't even, like, that. it's such a small amount. You don't mm-hmm. even realize it's gone. Oh, yeah. It's like a dollar. It's, a, it's like a surcharge. It's like, fine. You know? But, uh, yeah, like, at, at $2, I believe we send, like, a little birthday postcard. Oh. Uh, $5 is, like, all sorts of cool bonus content, like, Dilettante Ballsy. Uh, okay. They watch Dragon Ball Z, like all of it, because uh, they're maniacs. Um, all of the uh, the the drunkard episodes of Podswoggle, so all the drunk histories and rumbles. That, that is worth you've it. You've already been on oh, one. That is worth it for itself. Yeah. It, oh, man. Yeah. It's kind of a mess. Um, um, older rock casts. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That yeah. is great. Yeah, I'm so glad that the the library, the podcast library, is being maintained and and offered. <sighs> and and as a thing, those Patreons are great because it's it totally is part of that this beneficially disruptive model to Hell start yeah. funding people. Absolutely. And all you need is everyone just to give a little bit, and and these things can happen. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, thanks everyone who already has uh, donated. We actually hit our first goal uh, a few weeks ago. Wonderful. Um, and uh, we've gotten together to hammer out uh, what the next what the next plans are. Um, so you know, uh, just even more fun, crazy stuff happening. Yes. Uh, Patreon.com slash arcade audio to, to check that out. And, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Every and little bit's appreciated. Totally become a part of of the endeavor. You Damn officially right. become a part of what's being you know made here. The fam. So, yes. And uh, and if you don't uh, have the discretionary funds to get to that, head on over to uh, Apple Podcasts or Google Play Music and hit us up with a rating and a review. Yes, always good, always beneficial. All that out the way. Yes, Dude. yes, I know it's so nice. So it's we're holding hands now. We are we're holding holding hands. In a very awkward. Manner. Yeah, with, as like as if two animals like like if a hoof and a flipper tried to hold hands. <laughs> I think I gave Rich like my left thumb. And I caught like his yeah, like, his like more of his wrist, wrist. <laughs> and I was just <laughs> grasping on the thumb. Yeah, 
They probably have babies and old people shake hands. Oh, I see that. Yeah. It's like an unwritten thing. Like, it's universal, though. Yeah. It's like, oh, just, hello, little one. Just, like, merge. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, dude. Uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same, as does this question. Yes. What you watching, dog? You know, obviously, it's been a, a little while since, uh, since I was uh, here on the reg. I think, um, you know, I think I grew to watch a lot of the things that were discussed about a lot of things it's funny i have this bad it's not a bad habit but i'm just always about i'm about at minimum three years and maybe even as much as like seven years just behind the curve for great things ain't nothing wrong with that man dude i i was like i've heard albums i'm like man this album's great Have you guys heard this it's like it album came out in 2012 <laughs> and it's like the first time i've heard it so um some of the many hilarious, I think um, what's still on my agenda to finish or to get to season three of is uh, Man Seeking Woman, yeah. uh, which Man Seeking Woman wrapped up with its season three. They will not be continuing onward. I is believe, that? I believe that is official. So it hasn't come, wait, shit. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, fuck. Isn't it? Well, and it sort of came to a nice conclusion. I won't throw any spoilers okay, out there. Okay, yeah, because I uh, guess I missed it. Yeah, so that is over. But I am uh, I have set to watch uh, the third season of that, which has been one of my favorite shows yeah. ever, which was just fantastic. Um, always on the old Bob's Burger grind. Mm -hmm. Bob's Burgers is really... Sometimes I'll watch a few episodes, and I'm not nuts about them. And then they'll come back with one that just t gets me right back in. Yeah. A recent episode revolved around Gene and Bob going to a laser light show. And and my favorite joke is actually kind of like a throwaway joke, but Bob plays like 15 seconds of this prog rock song, and it's just perfect. It's exactly like <laughs> the stuff I grew up listening to, all the trippy, like high falsetto like albums about like Lord of the Rings type shit. Yeah. That's pretty good. Um, F is for family is going to come back uh, very soon. I think end of the month. Um, and I'm a huge Bill Burr fan. So. Netflix is just spitting all their shit Aren't out they? in May because Love came back, yep. Master None came back just last week, which yep. I've been watching. Wonderful. Um, uh, uh, fucking Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt comes back like this week. Yeah. Uh, and then F is for fan. Like all this month, they're just just fucking jizzing out all their comedies. Hey, weather's nice. Want to go outside? Nah, Fuck don't. You. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Stay inside as if it were winter and yeah. just watch television. Yeah. Um. So those things are going on. What else is happening? You know. You you just came uh from I just from came a movie. From a movie. Yes, a movie that came out I think probably about four to six months yeah. ago. Uh, I just came from like the last real dollar kind of theater in Chicago. It seems. Uh, I went to the brew. Excuse me. I went to the Brew and View to see Lego Batman. Dude, how was it? We were supposed to go see that, and then just fucking yeah, shit happens. Just did not happen. Yeah. Um, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was very funny. I thought it was a great. It's certainly a great Batman story. It is. It's like the best like psychological profile of him. Really? You know? I think so. I That's think it's just awesome. It's like yes, absolutely. Um, I read a lot of stuff at the time. A lot of um. Not crit well, I guess good criticism, just like mm -hmm. critical analysis of it. And it's like, yeah, it's fun. It celebrates all of his history. Um, I've always, I never quite knew how I felt about, I didn't really like this super bravado, almost dickhead Batman. 
that the Lego Batman is. Mm-hmm. But all this nice emotional vulnerability that you got from the end of this one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had a good time. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. How about and it's you? It's got like the entire rogues gallery in it. Yes, it, it does. Yes. Even the stuff, a lot of the stuff, well, you know, central to the plot is the Phantom Zone, which is like, that's a great comic wow. book. They didn't make that up. Like, that's a real yeah. old thing. Uh, so that was cool. Nice. Yeah. Uh, which the voice of Lego Batman is Will Arnett. That's correct. Um, I just recently finished rewatching all of the rest of development. Wonderful. Even season four? Even season four, cool. which I remember on the show you saying that like it actually aged a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Than like we may have remembered it in the time, right? And I don't disagree with that. Cool. I'm um, especially like n- expecting the story structure that they have to do, and like each episode focuses on you know a different character and all that, so and so forth. But um, but yeah, yeah, it was it was good. I think they just there's an interview it was probably uh, uh, Mitch Hurwitz talking about season five. Yeah. Um, so, like, that might be on the books to happen. Uh, we did Arrested Development with a couple of friends from work, uh, Kyra and Jess, and I think we mentioned on the episode where it's like, even if they can't do a live action season five, like, do an animated one. Oh, my God. How would great that would be that be? Perfect. Yeah. That's such a great idea. Isn't it? You, you could, that totally eliminates the problem of having to shoot everybody. Like, schedules? Yeah. Not an issue now. Yeah. Um, Sorry, that would yeah, be no, so I, so it's, good. It's table pound worthy. That is a that is a that is uh yes, that's a table pound yeah worthy idea. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see what else is cracking. Something uh, that's coming out that I'm looking forward to. Oh, and I certainly. I don't know. I think I was. I think I had sort of taken my leave by then. Westworld, man. Yeah. Fucking. <laughs> one of the fucking best things ever. I I really it was pretty rad. Yeah, Westworld definitely just was like right there for me. Loved it. Loved the subject matter. Loved all the philosophy that sort of went into it. That's so, like a that's like a a picked up legacy show because I feel like we've been talking about Westworld. Yeah, like since it was announced in like tw- at the at the beginning of 2015 or yes. something. Yes, I think I think you could you do have me somewhere on record. Yeah. Of, of saying it long before it was even materialized. Yeah. But yeah, that was great. Uh, something that is coming out, uh, I believe, end of this month, is, and not everyone's gonna be crazy about it, but Twin Peaks is coming back. I was actually gonna, I was gonna bring up Twin Peaks. Yeah, I am not someone who I get. I'm more excited for it now because I, I had read something that Lynch said it's gonna be like an 18 hour movie, and considering that is that he, what he said? Yes. Is that how he said it? Maybe we should ask him. I mean, I mean, we did could we, just get him in here. We he did come along again. I told, I said, That's David, super cool, David. Yeah, especially how busy he's been. You want me to go get him? Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's, hold let's on, pop, just let's a second. Pop him in here. Hey, David. David, you there? What? What? I'm here. David, David. Okay, I'm just gonna sit sit next. I'll just sit right here. And David, no, David, just take the mic. Who is this? Oh, Richard. David Lynch. Hello, Richard. Hey, it's great to see you again, man. We've met before. Yes. In a dream. It may very well have been a dream. Uh, Twin Peaks is coming back. Yes, it is. You You directed like all the episodes. Did I? 
That's what I I, I almost stopped at one point. They told me that my vision was too odd. And then I threatened to go. And then no one else wanted to do it. No one else was going to do it, and I didn't want it to be undone, so I came back. <laughs> That's very magnanimous of you. Well, uh, what can you do? So what can we, uh, what can we expect out of this upcoming season? Man? I said that it would be like an 18-hour film. And considering that I have made 12-hour films, it was not that difficult to make, make a, a cohesive story. I've I've left plenty of the weird things in there for people people who like them plenty of there will be a lot of things that have deep deep meaning and there will be many other things that have no meaning whatsoever and I will never reveal which is which what's a you know I realize I, I don't really know anything about you man like what's your what's your favorite movie Mulan you like uh you like Mushu Yes, yes. I found, uh, I think he is a metaphor for metaphors. Think on that one for a while. One last thing, man, because you've been on Picked Up a Billion Times. I don't think we've ever, ever asked you like the seminal question. What you watching right now? Me? Yeah. I don't believe in television. You, you're making a television show, right? You've made. This is true. Well, I don't, I don't tell them what to do with it after it's... I believe in making the content and that it'll find its way. Well, to it, and sometimes sometimes I'll just sit in front of an off television for long periods and just look at my reflection and the reflections, the distorted reflections of things in there. I'm a game show guy too, so game shows as well. So just like Family Feud or like some old Fortune, like, Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune. Okay. Pretty pretty good at Wheel of Fortune. Well, hey, no man. whammies. No whammies. Whammy, right? That's is that what is it? Was it called Whammy? I don't. I, I I think that might be from a different show. It was certainly not on Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's a great idea. Did you ever want to be a, a Hollywood Square? Yes, but not for the reason you think. Well, I guess I'll, I'll just have to ask you another time. Okay. Mr. Lynch, thank you so much. My pleasure. Look forward to watching Twin Peaks on Richard. Showtime. Yes? Yes, Showtime, Twin Peaks. Uh, get the app. I think there's a free trial to watch it. Okay. I think it's. I think David's getting a little overtired. I am not. Yes, you are. Did you have anything to eat today? No. Okay. Well, I, we're going to go... I'm going to go get him a snack yeah, after this, but for now, we're just going to let him. I think there might be a muffin in the kitchen, okay. David, if you want to. All right, thanks. Thanks, Dave. Bye, people. Oh, man, what a crazy oh, guy. Oh, wow. It was fun to catch up. He's a good guy. Yeah. He really is. Um, so I think that it will be good. I think uh, he, had, he had talked in another article about how he wasn't going to make any more movies, though. That basically the movie structure has squeezed him out. That yeah. He he would make independent films, but he doesn't have the finance. He doesn't want to make like a you know a ten dollar film, even though that's something he probably would have done in the past. But he's never going to make like a Marvel superhero movie. Well, no, but also at the same time, I feel like that the the models that are popping up like these days are perfect. Like Amazon would definitely give him like fifteen million dollars to make a movie. Right. I think that's why 
you're seeing like all the like again Westworld and all these great things like they kind of are 10 12 hour yeah. movies that are excellent and um but even like movie movies though like yeah Amazon's jumping in the movie game and so is Netflix oh, they are I want to see that one I think they're the ones who are releasing um Kumail Nanjami's uh, uh, like kind of biopic or whatever. Yes, I. That's the first trailer I've seen that like I got choked up in the trailer. For. Yeah, it is so good. Fuck, I need to. find Yeah, it out. that's definitely one to like watch. I haven't seen it yet, but I really want to. It is a very good trailer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely. These models from Amazon and Netflix, and it's like, and that's exactly what they're getting. They're giving them cre- complete creative control. You don't have to make a superhero. You don't have to get. XYZ returns mm-hmm. and they're giving them enough financial resource to do it the way they want to do yeah. it. Yeah. The big sick is what it's called. Yes, that's the one. Um speaking of Kumail, the season of Silicon Valley has also just been fucking amazing. That's cool. Um I watched uh the other day, I went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Um it's damn fun. Damn fun. It's good. Good fun fucking movie. Cool. Like that's the most you can ask for. Any any comparisons of better or worse than volume one? Uh I mean, I don't know, like it was uh, same kind of same wheelhouse. Like yeah. fun, good jokes. Everyone was very charismatic. Uh Batista was even better, I think. That's in this good. uh movie. It was probably my favorite part of the it was first great. one. I uh, I feel like People kind of went a little uh, heavy on Baby Groot, like as far as oh they have yes, as far as like their reactions and obsessions with him, like he was fine in the movie, but like I was expecting there to be like a big pivotal Baby Groot like fucking storyline with the way everyone would post about it on Facebook and shit. I was like, no, he was just there. They're just there, just being a bit like he had fun bits, he had good bits. Baby Groot had good bits. He's a good bit man. Yeah, Uh, if anybody like. Stepped up. It was uh, fucking uh, Bradley Cooper as Rocket. Yeah. Like, that was a good performance. And fucking Rooker. Rooker crushed. Isn't he? Oh, man. He is so fucking good. I like him a lot. Yeah. He came on Corolla not too long ago, or like a couple months ago, in uh, sort of still the press phase for this. And mm-hmm. they had a fun time. It yeah. Funny. He seems like a, a cool and nutty dude. Yeah, a nutty dude. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of really cool stuff in it. Motherfucker. Do you, have you, you plan on seeing it? Um, I will eventually, yeah. but I'm I'm totally open to if you want to tell me about Motherfucker, it. Motherfucker, no one told me, and it's not like a spoiler because he's in the fucking opening credits. Motherfucker, no one told me Sylvester Stallone was in this movie. Oh yeah, no one told me this. Oh my god, who who's he play? Uh, if you can recall, he it starts with an S. Um, he plays a uh, was a rap was a Ravager. Is that what they are? The sort of pirate guys. Okay, yeah. yeah. He, you, you would recognize his name if okay. you saw it. I'm not sure who, but that's awesome. Yeah, and it's not like I a, forgot about that too. A but. big part, but it, they, you know, like they always fucking do. They hint at more shit. Right. Where it's like, if I get a, if if I can get a fucking Sly Stallone Marvel movie, like yeah, that's how awesome. Would everything I want. Yes. Oh man, very exciting. That is cool. Um, and like his scenes are basically only with Michael Rooker, and it's like. Them two together. Oh, get out of here. That is cool. Get out of town. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of good, really good, fun stuff. Uh, fucking, and Kurt Russell as well. I love me some fucking Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell. Crushing it. You want to watch some real fucking cool? Kurt Russell's dad 
made like a minor league baseball team mm-hmm. in Portland. Yeah. It's called like the Battered Bastards of Baseball or something. Mm-hmm. It's on Netflix, but it's so great because it's fucking Kurt Russell and like Kurt Russell's mom just sort of talking in a totally like no actor. You yeah. know, like Kurt Russell yeah. just is the son of this dude. He used to play baseball. Talk, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He did a really good uh, interview with Bill Simmons about a month or two ago. That's um, cool. Where he like talks all about like, yeah, like being a minor league baseball and like, Basically coming up with the concept for um for Bull Durham and yeah yeah it was really oh, good I love him I love Kurt Russell the last two movies I've seen in theaters have featured Kurt Russell and Vin Diesel yeah in movies about family that aren't blood yes that is that is that was a very very astute yeah a witty witty uh, realization uh and I it it was also interesting to me how like so for the Fast and Furious franchise they brought Kurt Russell in and the I believe the original intention was for him to be revealed as Paul Walker's character's dad. Uh-huh. And then for Guardians of the Galaxy, he is Star-Lord. Star-Lord's dad. Okay. Uh, it's just a fun little sort of like parallel that like obviously doesn't mean anything, but it's just if you're a big old fucking nerd like me. Uh, it is it cool. Nice. It that nice. is a nice thing. Yeah. As that did remind me, again, since, <laughs> since probably chatting or whatever, quick follow-up on Marvel stuff. I don't know. I don't know what I ever discussed, you know, on here, but definitely love Daredevil. Loved both seasons of Daredevil. Uh, blew me away. Jessica Jones was great. Um, I don't think we talked about Luke Cage though. We didn't. You know, the um, really, really enjoyed it. And first half of the season is fucking that's, tight. That's what it is. It's the it, first half of the season is fucking. Killer. It is amazing. And talking about a good pilot, like yeah. that's a real good pilot. Yeah, Luke Cage. Um, it does does slow down and drop kind of heavily after a certain person is yeah yes so yes uh, of course and they got a fucking problem with they do and congrats to him I he, mean he got uh, he got some love in a major way later yeah, on yeah he was fine yeah in in uh, what do you mean he was fine as in, uh, as as far as getting work yes and, yes oh and, yeah yeah he's yeah. he's okay yeah but goddamn if he wasn't just as as tenant was in. Even though Jessica Jones was super great, I mean, Tennant was my favorite part of yeah. Jessica Jones. Same thing with You Know Who being my favorite part of Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. And he's gone. Um, and then... Didn't watch any Iron Fist. Which I hear is fine. Like Everyone seems to say it's pretty skippable. Yeah. And that is fine with me. And... But the next big thing. I will be stoked for Defenders, which is going to... That seems pretty kick-ass. Yeah. Have you seen the trailer? I have not seen the trailer yet. The trailer's pretty fun. There's There's... It hints at a lot of the fun moments, and there's a callback to Luke Cage mm-hmm. um, that involves Iron Fist. That's like fucking perfect. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, maybe we can grow. <laughs> maybe we can grow to like the character or whatever. I mean, that that can't hurt to put yes. him around everyone else that you like. Yeah, I heard. You know, I, and I we don't have to get too deep into it. I heard one of the main things is just fucking boring. Like, yeah. Like. There, you know, obviously some sensitive issues about representation and stuff, but mostly just like, yeah, the show just wasn't good. Yeah. You know? but on top of all that, it just sucked. Right. Yeah. So, but very excited for Defenders, too. I love, man, Charlie Cox is so fucking good as, as fucking Matt Murdock. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I love him. Yeah, I got to definitely catch up on, on uh, Jones and season two of Daredevil, but yeah. Uh, that's it's fucking cool that they're just doing yeah. it, man. Oh, they're yeah. fucking doing it. They're doing it. Uh, yeah, that's I'm about tapped on yeah. my end as far as 
what I've been watching. Uh, same with you. We're busy boys. We are. The fact that we're watching that much is is too much. Yeah, really is. We should be doing more. We should be outside again. It's well get outside oh, now. It's just time to start getting outside. Go outside, take a walk, listen to a podcast. That's right. Watch TV through your window. There you go. Through your neighbor's window. Through your neighbor's window. That's right. Uh, cool, man. Yes. Um, well, that's going to do it uh, for this portion. Um, after the break, we're going to be coming back, talking about the FX original series from 2010, Justified. And we are back here on Picked Up. Uh, so, yeah, we watched Justified, uh, starring Timothy Oliphant mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Walton Goggins. Mm-hmm. And um, based off a short story by Elmore Leonard uh, called Fire in the Hole. Yes. Um, and, oh, God, I thought I had memorized who developed and directed it, but I didn't. I didn't. Either. I want to say it was directed by a guy named Mickey Dinner. <laughs> but that can't be right. <laughs> I think it was- that can't Michael, be fucking right. Michael D. something. Uh, but yeah, so justified. Um, Mickey Dinner. That's like, no. That's the best like bad mobster name ever. Oh. Yeah, you know Mickey Dinner. You know, we're taking him to see Mickey Dinner. Not Mickey Dinner. Yeah, that's bad news if you get called in. Um, table of contents. Michael Dinner. Michael Dinner. <laughs> Michael Dinner. <laughs> Fucking suck it. <laughs> Michael Dinner. And written and created by Graham Yost. Uh, he's, he no, also... he's no Mickey Dinner, but... I mean... Mike, well, Mickey... Is yeah. Mickey short for Michael? It is now? I'm God down, yes. <laughs> Such, and this is not, like... No no dancing around the spelling of this one. This is D-I-N-N-E-R. That's right. Winner, winner. Michael Dinner. <laughs> uh... So normally I ask why uh, why you, why you selected this show. Uh, there were only two left. Yes. So what made you choose this one over I, Six Feet Under? I did write Justified on one side of a coin and Six okay. Feet Under on the other side. No, um, Six Feet Under. I felt that I would have heard more about it mm-hmm. if it were good. If it were so fucking good. If it were good. Yeah. I would have. Someone would have. Tap me on the shoulder back because I do tend to like supernatural-ish uh, sci-fi type stuff. You know, anything that's got to do with like, you know, whatever the, the concept of that show is, sounds like it's spooky-ish. I think you might spooky. have that confused. Well, not spooky-ish, but six feet under. Yeah. Are they working at, well, is she dead or is she working at, or am I thinking of, I think are they working at a morgue? I think you're thinking of Pushing Daisies. Maybe I am. I, I must you be. <laughs> you would have been... Very confused. So what is it? Well, that's a whole... Just, we'll leave that for next week's episode. <laughs> Six Feet Under is just a family drama at a funeral home. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> I was totally thinking of Pushing Daisies. Yeah. Or Dead Like Me. Is Dead Like Me a Maybe, show or a movie? Yeah. Oh, fucking good. <laughs> How fucking dare they? So, oh, man. I would be... Yeah, that would have oh, been, fuck that been terrible. Six Feet Under. So justified, though. Fuck that. That sounds dumb. I like cowboy hats and guns. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, I, all I need. On a ser- on a serious note, I uh, 
I do. I'm also always very, very interested in seeing popular depictions and interpretations of the South. And I don't, yeah, I don't really, I don't think I have much uh, room to declare myself as like a Southerner. But I will say that there's a lot of aspects of of growing up in Florida, and I had relatives. Uh, my stepdad's relatives are all from Tennessee that I really very much enjoyed. Um, and I do find, and maybe we can discuss this as time goes on in this episode, um, yeah, I'm very interested in seeing depictions of the South. Um, and I feel like it's fair to say, like, growing up in Florida, you definitely at least, like, brush up against... You do. ...southern tendencies. And you brush, and and it is... It's certainly closer than growing up in the North. You know, and growing up in the North and in the Midwest and different places definitely have identities as well. Yeah. So as much as Florida doesn't really have a, as strong a regional identity, the closest thing is, as you said, it brushes up against the South. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, it starts out in Miami. Too, yes, so it does, it's, which it's is very cool. Corollary. Also, who, do you know offhand the name of the actor who played uh, Tommy, Tommy B, whatever? The guy in the beginning? The guy in the beginning. Man, I just... Uh, Tommy Bucks. Tommy? I just... Tommy Dinner. Only remember him as Dorian from The Mask. Yes, same here. That's all I remember. I fucking love him. Yeah. Uh, his name is Peter Green. Okay. Um, and certainly I know he's not like super famous, but uh, I liked that. And yeah. I did like him. And I think if you're going to give somebody a a 10-minute you know, part, yeah. I think it was kind of cool. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, they're uh, so... Right out the, the gate. Yes. Right, right out the gate. Right out the gate. What'd you think? Uh, I would say uh, I I liked it. I didn't really like it. And it's primarily because of the lead. And okay. and what I think to be, again, kind of some someone who's sort of familiar with with the again, the cultural aspect of it. Yeah. But someone who's still sort of writing it. Um, or maybe they're writing it to just make it so massively accessible that mm-hmm. I found it to be a little, a little manufactured. So sure. I would say I did, but yeah. uh, but I don't know. I don't know how long I would give it. I'd probably give it another episode or two, but I'm not sure. How about yourself? I definitely dug it. I yeah. dug it a lot more than I thought I was gonna. Okay. Um, I thought I was gonna be very dismissive of it. I thought it was gonna be fine, and it was it was better than I was like, oh, this is this is uh, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um. I thought Oliphant was uh, also better than I was expecting. I'm, I was expecting him to be a lot more wooden, okay. a lot less charisma. Do you know him from other things? Or? I know him from playing himself on the grinder. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you go. And he was very funny on the grinder, um, which rest in peace, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, so I knew him from that. So he already had like a little bit of goodwill with me. Very different part, obviously, but. Yeah, I uh, I I liked him, and he like as far as I talked about this ad nauseum on the show, uh, having the great white male leading man that you have to funnel all the story through. Yes, it's uh, sometimes what can get lost is that charisma and that actual like character. Whereas everyone else can be characters around them, they don't actually get to be a character. Yeah, I felt like he did a pretty good job of of being one, and like. You could tell there was definitely a, like some sort of point of view. Yes. That they had. Yeah. Um, you know, best of all time. No, he'd probably be like a like a, a two sixty five hitter as yeah. far as like leading men go. 
uh, on TV or on like cable dramas. Yeah. As far as like the baseball team of cable dramas go. Uh, whereas like you know, fucking John Hamm would be like a three thirty five hitter. Yeah. Fucking like Hall, Cran- Hall of Fame. Yeah. Number, you know, Cranston cranking in about like hundred and fifty RBIs or some shit like that a season. Guys who definitely had multiple like four hundred seasons. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so it's just like, okay, you, you, you put him about, like, you know, seventh in the lineup, and, you know, he'll yeah. drive in a few runs, and, like, you know, he'll get us through, like, an inning or two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he'll get, he'll get, he gets enough two-out doubles that, like, he's worth keeping on the team. There you go. I think, I think it is very fair to point out, you know, again, always as a pilot, and always as a, just a, almost just like a no, no personality character, like, it's a tough job. And a lot of the times when people... Like you said, either those those personalities can't come through, or the you don't get much time to shine, and and it's not it's really it's it's a tough balancing act. Yeah, this pilot did juggle a lot of crazy, did juggle a crazy amount of pilot things that it had to do. Right. So it was all at the same time. It was a uh, a fish out of water uh, story, while also being a prodigal son story, uh, while also just kind of uh, like starting in media res as well. Yes. Uh, it was crazy that it juggled all those things. <clears throat> and I think that's probably more of a testament to, if I had to guess, the, guess, the only history I have with any of these creators is Elmore Leonard. Um, I don't read books. I don't read very much either. Uh, but I... <clears throat> the only other author that I've read more than Elmore Leonard is probably R.L. Stein, and that's because he had a big head start. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, are you familiar at all with uh, Elmore Leonard? I'm not. I would very much like to hear about this story and, and his work and stuff. So he wrote the books that eventually became uh, 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 Get Shorty. Uh, okay. Um, uh, fucking, what's the... The whole the, 10 yards? <clears throat> nine yards? Uh, no. I think that as well. But also, what's the uh, Clooney and uh, uh, Jennifer Lopez movie? Um, look, it's really good too. Um, look that up, but that's also a good one. Uh, he's done a few other things that have also become either movies or TV shows that are pretty good. Uh, he chooses like really interesting locations like Miami or Detroit or, yeah. uh, you know, like interesting parts of LA, stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, so this is based off of his short story. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. And so I'm wondering, like, the content of this episode is that, like, or the content of the story, uh, did they just think they could make a pilot out of the story? Or was, like, is the rest of the season sort of pulling elements from the short story? I mean, I'm sure you, you might not know, but um, I was curious about that, you know? Uh, I It probably, like, is just a jumping off point because a very slick thing that they do is when Oliphant uh, gets to the U.S. Marshal's office in Kentucky uh, and he meets up with a chief, uh, a very slick piece of exposition was, yeah, you may have done this one thing uh, just in the Miami office, but here, you know, we're a little short staffed, so we yeah. do this, 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 yep, this, 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 which really set it up to be a very, you know, justified, ah, oh. uh, uh reason to be like all these different types of stories that they could tell um out of sight is the movie that i was thinking of yes. with george clooney and, and jennifer lopez he also wrote 310 to yuma as well as jackie brown i loved the new 310 to yuma 
I heard it was good. I, I heard never somebody got to see it. crapping on it lately, but I yeah, I was a big fan of it. Uh, it looks like they finally did make a movie version of Freaky Deaky, which is another book of his that I read. I haven't actually read it yet or watched it yet, but I want to now. Um, what else has he done? He's done like fucking a billion things. Uh, the Big Bounce. Um, yeah, he's a legend. He passed like a few years ago. Okay. But, um, like not a bad place to get source material from. Yeah. Uh, fucking. What, what was some other things? What was some other? Do you have any like notes or anything that like stuck out? Um. So yeah, let's see. Well, love the opening. Great I mean, opening. the opening was good, and it's, and I thought that that was maybe. Um, for maybe like a situation that we've seen before as viewers uh, of like a standoff or this or that, I thought that that was very well acted, very well written. Yeah. And I did find it nice, like the perfect level of intensity. So I was a really big fan of that. A little Han and Greedo uh, yeah. dynamic to it. Yes, it did. It and also it, felt like an opening to a novel. It too. did. Yes. Um, so I was a big fan of that. Um, uh, love. So I think uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like the most broad, broad things I can say. Um, it it does accomplish a lot for a pilot, and it moves pretty quick um, yeah. in terms of like in Miami, in Kentucky, also at the same time like big pickup for these you know these skinheads. They start getting active and everything like that. So a lot of quick turnaround. I liked the slower, more individual scenes. Again, the opening really was not that slow. Um, when he goes to the house the first time and gets yeah. confronted by like one of the lower tier guys, and then the the conversation he has with not Doyle, what's his name? What's Goggins' character's name? Boyle. Boyle, something like Boyle, that. Yeah. Um, that was good as well. Um, so I like those things. Their scenes, like every so scene good. those two had together, yes, was electric. Yes, like, it was. They have fucking amazing chemistry. They do, and it felt like a. It had. Like that big fight feel to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it felt like a big goodie and a big baddie and it felt electric and it felt important. And yes. they had just like this rapport. It was such a natural rapport like that that scene at the in the church. Yep. Uh, which, so this is like, this is what's frustrating about the show to me. Yes. Is that it can paint in very fine, like it can paint with like fucking pointillism at points. Mm-hmm. And then it just, in other things, just paints in broad brushstrokes. Yes, yeah. So, like, you can have the scene <clears throat> with Oliphant and Goggins in the church where you learn that, like, all this white supremacy bullshit that, like, Goggins is sort of hiding behind is exactly that. And he's just using it to fucking charge up, basically, a, like, uh, uh, goons. Yeah, cannon fodder yeah. goons for him, yeah. And he's got a much bigger picture in mind. Yeah. He doesn't give a shit, really, which is great. That's very good. Very good. Guy. Very label la layered. Yes. Um, <clears throat> but then you're like, for example, your goons are just like. Just goons. Like very what you would think of when it comes to southern racist rednecks. Yes. Which like, yeah, that, that's probably more accurate than we want to admit. But also, I mean, there's apparently nothing but hot women in Kentucky as well. Right. Again, hey, this, yeah, the whole, the whole, like, uh, I don't know. 
uh, the women and the invitations to dinner, lots of things like that. I don't know. They like they felt like broad brushstrokes. Yeah. And again, it's not that they're wrong or there's anything like that, but it's just it is very broad. It's like okay, this is more for plot or for story. We're gonna put these guys back yeah. in this house than actually for like, you know, yeah. some real character building or anything like that. It's like oh man, what if? What if the song Goodbye Earl ended up in a black hat, white hat situation? Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the conflict was good. I, I was a little, I'm kind of curious how, and this show ran for a while, did it not? Six seasons. Six season, seasons. I think that the thing that I was a little concerned about was kind of, um, it was almost like an impasse of all these sort of different allegiances. You know, again, it's like, he is like an old friend, but he's also, you know, they're so clearly like from the outset, like there will be no compromise. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm not sure how I think, I mean, certainly I think Goggins returns, you know, because he's not killed yeah. at the end of the episode, which is intentional. But like I kind of found it to be not a waste, but it's like very quickly like this is a standoff. I don't know. I'm sort of reviewing it now as I think about it. Maybe maybe that is how it would go down. It would come to a head quicker rather than, or sooner rather than later. Um, but I do think it is, I think it's odd to have sort of, not odd, but this sort of like, hey, we're friends, but it's still at the same time. I, you know, I don't know. It, it's very Shakespearean to have like your foe who's also your friend. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of think that it, that's what kind of helps lend to that dynamic of, yeah. Every confrontation between them sort of having like this yeah. explosive element in it, even for like the, the more calm scenes. Yeah. Um, like there's that scene where uh, right after Goggins comes out of the, the, uh, the, the lineup mm-hmm. that he does. Yes. In the, in the, the, the courthouse. courthouse. Yeah. Um, like I can't even remember exactly like what the fuck they talked about. But I remember going just like, this is fucking stupid. I want more of this. Yeah, well, that's when he gives him the initial, like, what if I gave you the same offer, like, gave you, like, yes, a day that's to what leave. it was. Yeah, which, again, it's, like, it's, that is so good, but I wonder how you're going to come back to, like, all right, I'm going to give you one more day to leave or whatever. I think I think they, they will probably be able to pull that off. Sometimes, well, honestly, for me, it seems more just like a finite story. It seems like a... It seemed seems like like an arc, a specific arc. It seemed like a finite arc or dynamic to make sort of your main dynamic. I mean, or at least, you know, I'm not sure how this season goes or the course of the whole series, but Mm -hmm. like I said, like, it's going to come to a head quick. Kind of like Unbreakable was like, you know, kind of in the world of like of heroes and villains. A lot of times there's like recurrent battles, but like if you get to Unbreakable or something like this, it's like, this is going to come to a head once and then. For it to come back, you want it to come back because that tension was so great, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's sort of the impasse. Is like you want to get them to talking as much as possible because that tension is what's so kick-ass. Um, but at the same time, you can't have that many great reasons for them to run it. It's like they're not just going to be at the local yeah. shop together. <laughs> well, look who it is. You know what I mean? Look, man, I'm just here getting beef jerky. All right. right. So uh, I think I think maybe if anything keeping a tad more distance between um, Raylan's knowledge yeah. of the extent of, of Boyle's activities and stuff like that. Um, again, this is all just for a pilot, which again, is, I thought was, I thought this was a very good pilot. Yeah. I think though, if you, if you had a luxury, 
or if you, you could have maybe done some things, you might even, I don't know, I don't know if this would have been less satisfying, but could have first introduced Boyle as his boy, and he's back in town, mm-hmm. and you just know that some anonymous person fucking rocket launched a church, and at the end of the episode, you find out it's fucking Boyle who did it, you know? Yeah. Like I said, totally different uh, path to do that, but uh, those are some of my thoughts. Um, another element that I actually uh, really did uh, appreciate and enjoy about this show uh, was that our main character uh, was actually not just competent, but actually very good at their job. Yes. I think that's a very enjoyable thing to watch and another reason, like, subliminally, like, we don't really talk about, like, no matter how the, like bad a person might be, you know, like, again, with Batman and Breaking Bad, mm. like, they're doing shitty things, but they're so fucking good at their job. Yes. And there's something almost just, like, neurologically satisfying to just watching somebody complete tasks very well. Yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> and, like, I enjoyed watching uh, Raylan, like, do his job very well. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was just very... Uh, uh, it, it it felt it felt good. That's a great observation. It hadn't really occurred to me, but it does. Yeah, and um, I think it opens up a little more room for the times when they can explore, you know, those doubts or things like that, or what they're struggling yeah. with. When you know that they're just like, no, this is good, you know. Or like, if if everything else in their life goes to shit, like they're right. still gonna excel at that, yeah. like because uh, like Friday Night Lights was the last show we did, and like Coach Taylor doesn't. They did nothing to tell us that Coach Taylor is a great, great coach. coach. Yeah. Um, fucking Homeland. Like, Claire Danes doesn't seem like she's a very competent CIA agent. Right. Like, there's, you know, it, it helps take some of the fucking uh, grunt work off of the viewer's plate that we don't have to, like, constantly forgive and make excuses for why they're not that great at their job. Right. As my improv mentor, Bill Arnett, says, the jury needs evidence. So if you're going to say someone's a kick-ass marshal, you need to see them being a kick-ass U.S. marshal. Yeah. And that certainly was the case, yeah. It is good. It does feel good. Like I said at the top, like, just like, like cowboys and shit like that. So that it's too. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, he wore that hat really well. Yes, indeed. Um, we mentioned him a bunch of times. Walton Goggins. So good. Fucking killer. Yes. We mentioned this a little bit off the air, but... Uh, and so funny, it's gonna when you watch Vice Principal, yeah. and you see him in it, it's gonna you you will see like the same level of talent and even intensity, but it's such a different character. Yeah, it's gonna be pretty funny. Well, I was just happy to see him do anything at yeah. this point because when we uh, when we watched The Shield uh, with Mullet, mm-hmm. I was like going into it like, all right, I'm gonna see like Walton Goggins in his breakout role and shit like that. He didn't do fucking squat. Mm. He didn't do a damn thing. Yeah. It sucked. It was very disappointing. How does he speak in The Shield? Because... Couldn't uh, even remember. Couldn't even tell you. Well, the the crazy thing is you watch interviews with him and he talks just like better than you and I. Just straight, no accent. And he has has a strong accent in Vice Principals as well. Yeah. And it's pretty amazing. Just as like a technical acting component yeah just like just went right into it he's really fucking good he is good he's so fucking funny oh my god <laughs> oh so good um another uh thing again so they they put a lot of effort into like 
there, there's this pointillism, but then there's other things where they just color in broad strokes. There's that scene at the end of the episode where he's talking with the lady, the court reporter, I take it, that is. His ex-wife, Ex-wife. Yeah. That, like, we don't, I mean, that's really all we really know. Yeah. He's talking with her on the porch at the end. And do you remember much uh, about that conversation? I do. Yeah. Uh, Yes. I mean, and and it's in reference to, well, so that's kind of, yeah. So you say, yes, this was a, I remembered it because I wasn't a super big fan of this wife and this plot line or where that's going to go. I always like the damsel stuff. But yeah, so he was talking about um, why you're here, and uh, he had relayed a story about how the the man who he killed at, at the, the top, top of the episode had had him in a very similar position, could have killed him easily in a different, which is actually referenced in the first scene. He's like, I, I spared you. You're going to do this to me? He's like, I'm trying to give you the same courtesy. So yes, I do remember that. It was a good scene. What is what do well, you think? Because there was also a moment in there where, where they, they cut in with the uh, the coal mine. No, that was that was fine. That was whatever. Okay, but um, it's just what he's like. He re- I can't fucking remember exactly he, what it is. He says he talks about he still felt justified, but what if he hadn't? And what if he had just shot him before he had a reason to? And yeah, he never really thought of himself as an angry person. Right, and that was a lot of like very. That was a lot of very like character revealy stuff mm-hmm. i felt like if you don't say that if you keep that internal mm-hmm. like and you don't tell the audience that like he didn't like he didn't know whether or not he was gonna like shoot or not mm-hmm. or like if it got to that moment like if he had to like if you just left that inside Raylan's mind like i feel like that could that could be your your guiding hand for the entire series absolutely you know i agree i was gonna say the problem i had with that scene is he's telling it to the ex-wife. And it's yeah. just like, okay, blah, da, 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 da. Yeah, it's also probably not the best, like, receptor as well. Yes, this would have been, if you were just sort of sitting alone, looking over those bluegrass hills, like smoking on the hood of his car, just reflecting on this. Yeah. Would have been cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that was, again, it was just like, uh, you did such a good job. You, you've proven yourself as being able to, like, handle nuance, and then you just go and, like, like ham-fistedly like yes. give fucking care like that's the shit that like actors love it's just like I'm gonna be in interviews 20 years from now and I'm gonna get this question and I'm gonna say I, I can't tell you and then I'm gonna get hard <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that was just you know, the last thing that just <laughs> that just like sort of bugged it was just, it just, like it didn't didn't like ruin it or anything but it was just like you're placating. Yes, I thought so. The only time that that w- has been done that I really, that I got hard at is in the first Avengers film where Captain America is like, Dr. Banner, I think it's time to get angry. And, and Bruce Banner's like, well, that's my secret, Captain. Ooh. I'm always angry. See, that was like. That's tight. That was fucking stellar. Yeah. So, um, no, I totally agree. You know, I think. I don't know if people, I don't know if it's some studio note or something, but I, I wonder if writers lose confidence in, in their ability to convey or the audience's ability to pick up on it. But yeah, like, how do we get more of that as just like a tiny inside secret rather than yeah. a, you know, it's like how many times have you told, <laughs> been explicit about you know, like your deepest, darkest concerns, yeah. you know? Or even, even something I probably shouldn't legally say. Yeah, right? <laughs> 
and 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 uh, to even close people to you, you know, yeah. let alone like a six years removed, yeah, ex-wife. I Not a good know. luck, brother. Yeah. Um, MVP and LVP. Uh, yeah, I I was I was gonna say is like I want to make sure I'm being objective enough. Picking Goggins, having not had a ton of love for him, uh, or ha- having already had a ton of love for him from vice principals, I think I would still go with him just because Goggins is just. <laughs> you're right too about. It's kind of another instance of like almost making it look easy, but you kind of yeah. look at he's not a big dude, you know. But man, if you just wouldn't want to fuck around with that I mean, dude that's why you gotta they they did it such a really good job mm-hmm. of making him seem dangerously smart yes dangerous in so many ways dangerously smart just capable like yeah so certainly for him yeah um, i mean i guess that's another example of someone being like so good like they're just they're very proficient at what they do but yeah. this person uses it for like you know, I mean, so did fucking Walter White, but still, you know what I mean. You know what yes. I'm getting at. Oh yes. Um, yeah, I, I 100% agree with you on Walter uh, Walton Goggins. Uh, I will say Olafan was a lot closer than I thought he was going to be. Yeah. You know, I I still I still think that. I think I had a little bit of problem with his. If he was slightly less cocky, I think I would have enjoyed it even more. Just because I feel like. If truly your concern is like this lack of control or this over aggression, if truly that were like one of your greatest concerns, I think you would park it back slightly more. It's like he's not even that upset about getting relocated, you know. Yeah. But again, that's more just me personally. I certain I don't think I'd brand him LVP by any long shot. Not, not a lot of substantial roles outside of. Yeah, a it's couple. gonna be kind of hard to to choose an LVP. I mean. I would want to go with, um, I think her name would be Natalie Z. Why not? Is the the lady who killed her husband? Is that was that Ava? Winona Hawkins. Is that or Ava? Ava. I think a- Ava. Ava's yeah. the one who. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. for just being, I don't know, just kind of like. All right, I'm gonna play a Southern Joel Carter. Joel Carter. Oh, no. Um, yeah. I mean, again, you know, she wasn't terrible, but like, no one was really bad in the show, though. No. You know, you know, I might. Um, the skinhead that Walton kills at the start. Okay. Yeah. Only because it's like, and they even say like he is legitimate, but it's like, I don't, uh, you know. And look, I certainly don't know if, if i would ever have the abilities to to maximize that role but like that is an interesting combination of like uh fear and nervousness yeah. a- and aggression and all these things it's like and it kind of was more just like you don't believe me that's what you know, it's like that's whack i know yeah. i didn't say that but it's like <laughs> i mean and that's the fact yeah. that and, and because goggins is so intimidating it's like I think anyone would be a little more fucking freaked out. Yeah. You know? Shit your pants, dog. Yeah. I think he'd widen those eyes a little bit, yeah. dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. So maybe maybe that cat, you know? Yeah. I don't disagree. I'm not even going to bother to look up his name. You know. Uh, would you have uh, any, like, question for uh, Michael Dinner or Grand Yost? Michael Dinner. 
Um, you know, let me see. Uh, I would probably just kind of like ask him like what happened with with those broad strokes. Yes. Like, specifically that last scene. Why do you not? Why do you say that? Why do you not just like leave that for to be again your guiding hand for the whole season? Right. I think that's an excellent question. I think I think I would ask about. I think I'd want him to sort of articulate what he felt were the most um, essential elements to the show and specifically to uh, Rayland, particularly because I feel like with both the Yasinir Pa and the ex-wife, those seem like very generic type, you know, oh, the boys, like, again, prodigal son returns. Notes to play. Did you really... You really got a lot of weight behind that. Like, you, it is important, or is it sort of more inserted? Because again, it seems like one of the most central things is just this concept of this worry that he is not a good person and he's justified in his things. Is like maybe he'd be doing all these things anyways. You know yeah. that that yeah. seems like it's what's really driving Raylan in most of the show. So yeah. I'd be like, yeah, what's up with this other uh, you know strenuous bullshit? Uh, and here we are, man. Here we are. Pick it up. Hey there, bud. Um, I'd probably do like a conditional. I'd be like, I'd probably give him like, I'd probably give him like a six episode first season. Yeah. You know, I'd give him a real short first season. I'd be like, if you can ride this whole season out and really, really, uh, knock it out of the park, um, that'd be good. But, uh, but not quite confident enough to be like a full order. I, man, I was ready to watch the next episode yeah. right after this one. Yeah. Like straight, if it wasn't so late when I finished it, yeah. I was going to straight up watch the next yeah. episode. I, I totally pick it up. I don't see how long it sustains for. Yeah. Just because it's, it, because of what I talked about earlier, it sort of hinted at sort of becoming like a procedural mm. where like, if that's the case, it still might be fine because it's still little grittier than your average procedural and you know good characters i guess but it'd be a little disappointing if that's what it became yeah so but i i I, based off the pilot i pick it up nice well that's good i think it was and i do think i think it was a very good pilot yeah it was Uh, a very impressive technical pilot it really was i think they had a lot of juggling a lot of jumps I I, w- I would say again I am most pleased about the first the first twenty minutes of it. Well, yeah. maybe, maybe not even most because again I enjoyed the whole thing, but like very much enjoyed that first scene. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. If nothing else, go and watch that scene. It was that great. seems pretty kick ass. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, dog. Cool, man. Hell yeah, baby. Oh, we done did it again. We did it again. And thank you so much, buddy. It was so I was so glad to come back and get to you know spend another time talking about a. Fun TV show. Hell yeah, man. Uh, If uh, you want to be found out there on the internets, uh, how how would people do so? Sure. So I think you can tweet me at Rob PBR. Branding yourself. Yes, I like that a lot. Um, I think you can find me. Is that my Instagram too? Why don't I know these things? (laughs) Um, You know, you can, uh, I'd say reach out, you know, truthfully too, actually. You can always reach out through the network. I think the network is fantastic and it's quickly becoming not even just quickly becoming, but always has been, but it's truly like, it is a network. Any person you hear on these programs or any sort of collaborator you want to reach out to or, you know, something like that, like, 
get in touch with the network. It's the flag, you know, it's the flag that we, it's the banner that we all carry. So uh, you can find me there. On Instagram, you are still real.rob.bravo. Wonderful. That is a good one. I really enjoy Instagram. I love pictures. Great. Uh, love it. Um, big, you can uh, do me a big favor too by just um, go to the go to the Bug House on Irving Park. Um, there are shows many days of the week, but particularly Thursday and Friday. I do a lot of improv there, and um, Bill Arnett teaches classes at the Bug House <laughs> under the banner of the Chicago Improv Studio. So, any anybody in Chicago, anybody coming, especially if you're coming in for the summer, which we a lot of people do, um, check out the Bug House and the Chicago Improv Studio as well. You can go to other theaters to network and try and make teams. You can go to the Chicago Improv Studio <laughs> to get fucking good. Yeah, if you if you're one of those if you're one of those oddballs who is still uh, appreciative of good improv, and and the more we've thought about it, really, you know, learning to kind of act as well. Go check it out. Yeah, it's pretty, it's, pretty gnarly. I've I've seen people straight up turned around. Like yes, coming out right? of those classes and workshops. Oh yes, yes, it's really great. Yeah, so spread the word. Uh, how about yourself, Richard? Where can we get in touch with you? Uh, I am on uh, all the Twitters and Instagram as a uh, average cami, uh, Snapchat garlic now forty four. Yes, one of the best <laughs> ever. Um, also follow uh, Arcade Audio on uh, Arcade underscore Audio on Twitter and Arcade Audio on. Instagram, a lot more active on Instagram. Wonderful. Um, and then also picked up pod on Twitter, picked up podcast on Facebook, picked up podcast at gmail.com. There we go. Um, start getting ready. Uh, we're going to, we got some things to brewing with Pod Slam. Wonderful. Uh, I know, a little earlier than we usually yeah. used to. Um, but that's all good stuff. Um, and yeah, just uh, arcadeaudio.net. Check it out. Uh, all sorts of beautiful stuff going on over there. And mm-hmm. patreon.com slash arcadeaudio. Yes. Well, uh, shall I sign off? Oh my goodness, such a flashback, but with uh, with with much much love. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in to Picked Up. Uh, for myself, Robert, for my wonderful co-host, creator Rich. Uh, thanks so much for picking us up. Keep your dial tuned to Awesome. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at ArcadeAudio.net.